Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. As we've seen here, we continue our look at David's life. And if we remember, going back to chapter 24, David had the opportunity to kill King Saul. His friends were egging him on, do it, do it, do it. David takes out his knife, cuts a portion of the king's robe, and his conscience gets the best of him. Then last week in chapter 25, a, a man, a, a farmer, essentially, insults David after David had provided protection for him and his men. And David is ready to immediately go and kill this man and kill all of his male servants and sons over a simple little insult. Thankfully, the man's wife steps in and averts disaster. After that episode in in chapter 26, David has the opportunity again to kill Saul. Saul is out camping with his troops and everyone is sound asleep. And again, David's men said, this is the time you can kill the king. But David doesn't. He simply goes into the camp, takes Saul's spear in his canteen, his water jug, and leaves. After that, in verse 27 and 28, and, and verse 29, uh, chapter 27, 28, 29, it's just more of David's expeditions. He goes out and he, he uh, fights some more enemies. He's victorious. Um, many battles going on. And in fact, he, uh, he kind of aligns himself with the Philistines, and they give him a town. So David kind of sets up this town as his home. His troops are growing, and, and his family's growing, of course, because now he has actually three wives. Uh, only He's kind of only living with two of them. Saul's daughter is back with Saul. And so David has a home base. He's got a, a town that is essentially his. And he goes out, he takes his 600 troops out, and they go out and they, they fight the Amalekites in particular, but other enemies as well. Well, during this time, Saul, he consults a medium, and he realizes that he's done for. David is going to be king of Israel soon, but the battle is not over quite yet. David is out fighting some of the Amalekites, brings his men home, and as they approach the town, the city limit, he finds that it's been raided. It's been burnt to the ground. All of David's and his men's possessions, all of their wives, all of their children, all of their livestock, all of the stuff that they had was gone. They feel all is lost, all is hopeless. These men have trusted and followed David now for quite some time. And now they're returning home to nothing. The place is on fire. The mood is very sad. It's a very depressed attitude. No doubt many of us would feel the same way if we came home and all of our stuff was gone. David's men become very angry at David for allowing this to happen. Why did he leave this town unprotected? In fact, they become so angry that they want to stone David to death. 
But somehow David manages to calm them down. And he goes and he seeks God's will. And David asks God point blank. Should I go after these people that did this to my town? And if I do go after them, will I catch them? And God answers David in the affirmative. God says, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. What a wonderful feeling that would have been. David then returns to his men, tells them the good news, and they're ready to fight with David to get what, they, what, is, what is theirs. They come to this river. It's a difficult river to cross. 200 of the men are exhausted, so they stay behind with some of the, the luggage, some of the baggage, some of the heavier uh, weapons and equipment, if you will. And 400, the other 400 men with David cross over the river and they slaughter the Amalekites from evening to evening. The men return back victorious. They're shouting for joy because they defeated the enemy and they've got back all of their possessions. All of their stuff that was taken from them, they've got back unharmed. Their women, their children, their animals, and so on. But amazingly, whenever the 400 men hook back up with the 200 men that stayed behind with the heavier equipment and the luggage, they didn't want to share in the spoils of war. Again, not only did they get their stuff back, but everything that the Amalekites had, they took as well. But these 400 men didn't want to share with the 200 men. David immediately steps up and says, everyone had a part to play in this battle. And everyone shares in the spoils of war. That's a sign of a good leader there. But looking at the range of emotions here, the emotional state of these people is just amazing to me through this situation. First, they're really, really sad, really, really depressed about losing everything they own. Then they start pointing fingers, and it gets pointed at David. And they're furious at him. They're angry at him. So mad, in fact, they want to kill him. But David was able to calm them down, and it enables them to trust him again to go to war against the enemy. They go to war, and they're victorious. They win. They're so happy. And on their way home, they go from happy to greedy. They don't want to share with these other 200 people. It's amazing the emotions that they go through. And this, was, this wasn't like a really long battle. This was just in a matter of a couple of days. They go from sad because they lost everything to greed, not wanting to share. Think about some of your past situations that you experienced. Maybe you felt similar emotions. No doubt we've all gotten mad. No doubt we've all wanted to, to seek revenge. Maybe some of us became greedy. It happens. It's human nature. But the key to the lesson is David's response. No doubt he felt similar emotions. No doubt he was sad 
at losing all of his possessions. No doubt he was, he was angry at the loss. But he turned to God and asked God to show him the way. He came home to nothing. Everything he had was gone. And this isn't the first time, obviously. The first time when he had to flee from, from the king, from King Saul, he fled with nothing, just what he was able to carry. So it's like he had to start over once again. But he knew that God was there with him. And God had always been there with him. And God will always be there with him. That's what makes him a man after God's own heart. Kind of like Job in the Old Testament as well. Everything was taken away from him. But he still knew God was there. David found his strength in God during this time of distress. He didn't give up. He didn't run from God. He didn't give in. He went right to God and asked Him, What do I do? And that's a wonderful lesson for us to learn as well. David sought God's guidance. He trusted God with his life. He had that ongoing relationship with God. And that is what God wants from us as well. In verse 23, David says, God has protected us and handed over to us the forces that came against us. How true that is. But there's always skeptics in every crowd. That's what David told his men. But you know, I'll bet there were a few of his men out there, the 600 out there in the listening to David, and they were kind of mumbling to themselves or their buddy next to them saying, yeah, that's true. But why did God allow us to go through this in the first place? Why did God allow, us, allow our enemy to overtake our homes and to take our families and to take our stuff and to burn our city in the first place? What kind of God is that? And you know, that's a question that many of us have no doubt asked when trouble came our way as well. So often we try to figure out why did God allow this type of thing to happen? Why was my child taken from me? Why did I get cancer? Why did I lose my job? Why did I have my house foreclosed on? Why did my spouse cheat on me? Why did God allow these things to happen to me? Notice when David went to the priests, his question wasn't why. His question was, should I go after these people? And if I do, will I win? The answer to our question, why, is we don't know. And we may never know during this lifetime why certain bad things happen to us. And, and you think back to to some of the events that have occurred. You know, soon in a, in a few months we'll be recognizing the, the anniversary of September 11th. And you know what? I'll bet there were people that were late to work that morning. Maybe their kids were sick. And they never made it to the office that morning in New York, the World Trade Centers. 
And that in that morning, they were probably mad that they missed the bus, they got a flat tire, that that their kids were sick or whatever. They were probably upset. And that bad thing happened to them that they had to miss work that day. Well, it turned out it wasn't such a bad thing. And sometimes we don't realize the the bad stuff that may be happening in our lives may only look bad from our perspective. We simply need to trust in God's love, to trust in His mercy, to trust in His grace, to trust in His plan, because He's got one, and enable Him to use us to accomplish that plan. We should be strengthened by God like David was. Find our strength in Him. More often than not, when these bad things do happen to us, there's a lesson for us to learn from the experience. It's a time to prove our faith to ourselves or to show us where our faith is lacking. As Christians, it doesn't mean we're going to have an easy life. It doesn't mean our earthly problems will disappear. It simply means that when these problems arise, we can take them to the one who will see us through them. Life isn't always easy. It's not always fair. But we must be faithful to God. And no doubt I imagine that every one of you is facing something in your life today that's difficult. Some challenging situation. Maybe health related. Maybe family related. It may be simply dealing with the fact that you're aging and you're not able to do the things you used to do. Or maybe it's your parents are aging and they're requiring more and more attention and care. Challenging situations. But I'm here to tell you, as David found out, and David knew, that whatever you're going through, there is hope. David knew that, and he went straight to God to see him through the situation, to strengthen him. And we too should do the same thing. Let God be your strength and your guide through life. That's the lesson from David this morning. Let's close with a prayer today. Lord of strength and hope, help us through whatever situations arise in our lives. Guide us with your grace and your mercy. Help us to always be faithful to you and bring you glory, honor, and praise from our words, our thoughts, and our actions. It's through Jesus' precious name that we pray and give thanks. Amen.